Hi there. I'm Lee Redhead, a writer and member of Sisters in Crime Australia. Welcome to Scarlet Stiletto Bites, scintillating short stories by Australian women. Our weekly podcast is designed for busy lives. Each murder mystery is short, but not always sweet. Expect twisted tales, quirky humour, imagination, and a frisson of feminism. Sisters in Crime Australia's Scarlet Stiletto Awards were established in 1994 to unearth criminal literary talent. We're producing these podcasts of winning stories to celebrate the sisters' 30th anniversary ceremony in Melbourne in late 2023. The concept designer and narrator is fellow sister, actor, barrister, broadcaster, and best-selling true crime author, Susanna Lopez. Hello, Susanna here. Today's story from over 25 years ago deals with domestic acrimony, perhaps even coercive control, way before this term was even coined. 1997 Scarlet Stiletto winner, Floating in a Live Circuit, by Siobhan Mullaney. Dottie sat in the car, contemplating her underwear. Was it suitable to die in? She wanted to go to the toilet. The car was a live but floating circuit. Dottie knew the game. She could earth it and die by getting out. The car, now shorted out, rolled to a stop neatly inside the garage. The garage door slid down behind her. The plan was as good as he'd predicted. The spark that flashed off the bonnet was confirmation that Dave carried out his plans. He killed people. He was finally going to kill her. And no one would know. She would die of a heart attack caused by the electric shock. The beauty of the scheme was that she had an irregular heartbeat, documented by her doctor. The shock would leave no trace. Dave would turn off the power and put the wiring back in place. The ambulance would be called to treat her, sadly too late, for a heart attack. Dave would have won. Simple. Dottie looked through the doorway into the kitchen. Dave sat just inside, his square body planted in a hard-back chair, elbow leaning on the bench, feigning casual ease, his tension betrayed by the drumming of his fingernails on the bench top. He loved this. You mad bastard! Dottie yelled as she wound down the window. Do you really want to kill me? Do you want me to die? Dave raised one eyebrow, the usual sign of a dare. Up to you, babe. That was right, according to Dave's rules. If she could get herself out, she would win. If not, it was Dave's victory. She would be dead and it would look like an accident. The conclusion of the game, either way. Dottie reviewed the state of play. 
The electrical wire must have been hanging from the garage ceiling when she drove up. The spark signalled the car was live. Dave hadn't been sure it would work, but the rubber tyres and his removal of the earth wire obviously prevented her being electrocuted for now. If she put a foot on the ground, the current would travel by the shortest route to Earth. Her body would be that route. She couldn't back out of the garage. The car touching the roller door would bring her out of the floating circuit to Earth, to death. The car wouldn't start anyway. That was something Dave hadn't figured that the car would short out. The urge to go to the toilet was overwhelming. Hey, hon, how about you let me go to the toilet and then we start again? Dottie called. No way, babe, Dave smiled. There was no one like him. Polite, helping her along the way, enjoying the process and quite prepared to kill her. The smile was genuine. This was fun for him. Give it a bit of thought. Remember what we discussed? It's quite straightforward. Don't spoil this for me, Dave said sulkily. No one quite like him. Here he was trying to kill her and he was sulking. How could she be such a bitch as to ruin his fun? Dottie was his comforter. She could cheer him up, calm him down. As he got more insecure, as the world closed in on him, she was the only one that could be trusted. Most of the time she could be trusted. Sometimes he had to reassure himself. Sometimes he had to follow her around to make sure she wasn't doing any secret deals with the enemy. He would have no one without her. Dottie loved that power over her exceptionally intelligent man. The game had been their fun. The game of planning the perfect murder, victim dead and perpetrator beyond detection. Dave's marvellously devious mind was always excited by new plans. He met the challenges of Dottie's imaginary complications during dinners. She'd laughed when he ran into the bedroom trying to articulate the latest solution through the toothpaste at his mouth. They'd gulped down breakfast before swapping that dream-induced ironic touch over a cup of tea. Dave had a rule that nothing could be said about the game before breakfast was eaten. Dave, the lover of rules, maker of new rules, expanded the rules gradually. Victims must be real people. Previous methods and victims could not be mentioned. The victims started adding up. World leaders, sporting identities, television stars. Later, the personalising and narrowing of the victims started. Neighbours, friends and relatives. All victims all banned from mention. The only victims left were each other. A development in the game, a new rule by Dave, kept it going. Each would have the other as the victim. 
but the victim would be saved if he or she could work out a way to escape the scheme. Dave, the New Age man, was empowering the victim. Dave, the competitive man, knew the victim didn't stand a chance. Clue, babe. Conductors, Dave called helpfully. Dottie was obviously boring him by just sitting in the car. Dottie's heels started gently tapping, a metronome for her thoughts. Electric currents travel through conductors. Metal was best. People can be conductors but remain unheard if they stay within the current. She was sitting within a current. She had to get out of the car without becoming the current's conduit to earth. The car had metallic paint and that was something Dave had worried about. Would the car conduct the charge? He had rung the car company and asked them about the metallic content of their paint. He concluded that it would. He had also worried about the tyres. Would steel radials conduct? The whole effect was ruined if the car stopped before the garage door went down. You you never know what the neighbours might see. There was no point in the game if you got caught. Obviously, Dotty thought, the metal content and the tyres were adequate for the job. She could jump. She could open the door and leap out. If the car door shut on her or she couldn't make a clean leap, it wouldn't work. At her height, Dottie didn't like her chances of a jump to freedom. The car seat was fairly low to the ground. She would have done better in a four-wheel drive or a prime mover. For her size, a cherry picker would have been perfect. Her foot was beating a frustrated tattoo. Anger didn't help. Dottie tried to suppress the rising heat of rage. If she ever got out of this car, she would kill Dave. She could feel herself brutally hacking him to pieces, stabbing again and again. She didn't care if they caught her. She didn't care if she went to prison forever. She was angry at the waste of time, love, energy, the future. Oh, cute Dave, you fucking bastard, Dottie muttered. What was that, babe? Didn't quite hear you, Dave taunted. You want uh, another incentive? Remember Taylor? Dottie remembered. Taylor had been her work enemy. He made her life miserable. She became so angry with him she could barely function. Dave had wanted to help, to to protect her, and she loved him for it. He'd got her to play the game using Taylor as the victim. Dave started hanging around her office. Research, he said. Her workmates commented on Dave's constant presence, She couldn't tell them the reason. Dave developed a plan and devised the most elegant torture for Taylor 
before death. The finishing touches, destroying the evidence, were Dottie's own. It had given Dottie a rush of excitement, a sense of power. She made sure they got away scot-free. She left work just after that. Dave convinced her she didn't need to work. He needed her. With the world working against him, he needed her at call to reassure him. She was the only one who could calm him, make him feel safe. The only one who understood the need for the game and the emotional release of a successful kill. A workmate had rung after she quit. Laughing, he'd said someone had suggested that she and Taylor had run off together. No one had seen Taylor since her last day. She mentioned their call to Dave. He said nothing. Dottie felt odd, a sneaking fear, a secret pleasure. She didn't know. Their lovemaking that night had a desperate fury, a grasping, urgent frenzy. If she got out of this, it would be the ultimate victory. An adrenaline rush like no other. Dave knew it too. She could almost feel the force of his lips on hers, the full length of his body against her, the heat travelling to her every pore. Wrestling like two children, fiercely protecting a, a secret tenet of their lives. Afterwards, his weight like a concrete slab on top of her, contracting her breath. He was a cave, protecting her from the storms of the world. That was the reason she had stayed, Dottie thought. They protected and nurtured each other. Her world, with him, was floating above that of mere mortals. The game stretched her mind. Dave let her, insisted she could go further than she would have dared. The thrill of finding a solution, seeing Dave's eyes light up when she thought of a scheme, was magic. This morning she had threatened their magical world. Was this just a threat, a warning, not to scare him again? A way of showing her the awful fear he felt most days? Or did he now hate her enough to kill her? She had to do something, slowly, Dottie removed her hands from the steering wheel. Nothing happened. Stretching each finger, she eased the stiffness. She placed one leg over the console onto the passenger seat. The turning of her body increased the pressure on her bladder. She could let it go. Who cares? If she lives, she can clean it up. If she dies... (laughs) with the least of her worries. Potential differences. There was something worrying about potential differences. Maybe some parts of the car had different potentials. Urine might change the potentials. She'd be killed by wetting herself. (laughs) 
Dottie laughed. Ah, what a way to go, pissing herself to death. That's the spirit, babe. Dave's fingernails stopped drumming. Now the excitement was beginning. Fuck you, Dave, I'm going to get out of this. Dottie screamed at him. Always thought you would, babe. Dave gave her the thumbs up. Dave's encouragement sparked her determination. She had to think. Electricity can jump. Dottie would have to get rid of all the metal on herself. She started by taking off her ring. Earrings, hair clip, watch. Dave watched, interested. She twisted in the seat as she unhooked the waist and slid down the zipper of her skirt. Dave sat up straighter in his chair. She slid the skirt down and threw it onto the passenger seat. Dotty arched her back, slid her hands up to her bra and unhooked it. Get it off, get it off, Dave started to chant, banging his fist in time on the bench top. Dottie wriggled the bra straps over her shoulders. Under her shirt, she pulled a strap over her hand and felt the elastic snap into her side. She reached up through the sleeve of her shirt and pulled the bra out. Dave was now clapping in time to his own chant. Dottie balled the bra and threw it out the window. It landed short of Dave. She would love to see him forget himself enough to go and pick it up. Dottie checked her remaining clothes. The shoes had metal eyelets, but they also had rubber soles. Mm, Tough call. Her shirt was cotton with plastic buttons. The only other things she had on were her underpants and pantyhose. The underpants, far from glamorous, were a good, sensible cotton. Even the elastic was cotton-covered. The pantyhose worried her. They gave off static electricity at the drop of a hat. Now she was being paranoid. Still, why take the chances? She slipped off her shoes and rolled the pantyhose down her legs. I'll be right with you, Dave. Dottie mouthed a kiss as she threw the pantyhose at him. Just you wait right there. It hardly needed to be said. He wasn't coming near. Maybe a few years ago he might have been tempted. The changes to the chemistry of their relationship crept up on Dottie. Day's anxieties increased. There were big and small conspiracies aimed at him and her. The game had been their trustworthy safety net, their currency of communication. To ease anxiety, the perpetrators of the torment would be the victims of their game, like Taylor. The demise of the victims would bring them back to laughter, to a shared scheme. Other topics of conversation dwindled and were nearly forgotten. Dottie spent her time verbally avoiding death. A tiny part of her became afraid that if he won, she would die. He would put his idea into action. It was just a 
a small seed of doubt. Dottie had told herself she was getting as paranoid as Dave. She decided it had to end. She couldn't live with the doubt, the fear growing. This morning she told Dave she wasn't playing anymore. I'm taking my little red wagon and going home, she'd said. What she meant by home, she didn't know. The friends had dropped off. They'd been banned from mention for years. She didn't know if they were alive or dead. And she couldn't stand her relatives saying, I told you so. Go. You'll be back, Dave said with certainty. You can't bear to leave anything unfinished not to win. He was right. Here she was, back at the house. Dave knew her well, but not as well as he thought. She had tried to contact some of her old friends, and none of them were at their old addresses. They were not listed in the telephone book. She almost rang her mother, but Dottie couldn't bear it if she was gone too crossed Dottie's mind that Dave had been doing more than playing a game. She told herself not to be silly. Her mother would never move. But she couldn't test it. She knew Dave. She came back to prove that her niggling fear was just her imagination. She couldn't have lived with a man for five years and not know that about him. She came back to prove to herself that her feelings for him were well-placed, to show everyone who said he was weird that they were wrong, to show them all that she had made the right choice. Dottie tried to think logically as she put her shoes on over her bare feet. What she needed was something big and insulated. The spare tyre. Ah, a big lump of rubber. She crawled into the back seat. Her fingers clawed the seat catchers. She laid the seats out and lifted the cover to the spare tyre. Dottie stared at it. She'd forgotten that the metal wheel was part of the spare. She could still use it as long as just the rubber touched the ground. It would give her the extra room to get out of the car without touching its surface. Dottie scrutinised the doors. The back doors were out, angled too narrow. The front doors were better. The driver's side was out because of the steering wheel. The passengers may be okay. The hatchback was a maybe. It had the advantage of being nearer the spare. She could lift the hatch, ease the tyre to the floor and roll it away from the car. Perfect. Except there wasn't enough room with the garage door shut. The front passenger door was the best option. Dottie needed to get the spare into the front seat. Then she had to get out without touching the floor and the car at the same time. If the wheel fell over and the metal touched the floor before she had cleared the car, she was gone. (laughs) Not a good option. The chances might improve if the tyre didn't have the, the metal rim inside it. Dottie 
dug out the tools from the gap under the spare tyre, a jack and a bolt tightener. Not particularly useful. Dottie nearly cried with frustration. She stole a look at Dave. The smug bugger was enjoying the view of her bum between the seats. All she wanted to do was hit her out to smash something, Dave's head preferably, but anything would do. She grabbed the bolt tightener and smashed into the soft upholstery of the seat back. She could see Dave through the windscreen, smiling at her frustration. The windscreen. A nice big sheet of glass. A non-conductor. If she could push it onto the bonnet, she could easily jump away from the car. Dottie twisted round to face the front. She squatted on the passenger seat, inspecting the windscreen joins. She gave it a push, which produced no effect at all. The glove box would have the manual. Hopefully a nice set of instructions on how to push out a windscreen. (laughs) Dottie opened the glove box. Neat as a pin, bloody Dave. Tidying up before the big event. He had, of course, removed the manual. You couldn't make it too easy. Dottie looked across at Dave. His grin reflected the satisfaction of thorough planning. Fury rose like bile. Dottie grabbed the bolt tightener and smashed the windscreen. It cracked. She smashed again and again. It cracked, then split and finally shattered. Dottie kept bashing the bolt tightener against it. She became an automaton, determined to smash every last shred of glass out of the windscreen. Glass flew everywhere. She was covered in it. Blood seeped from small cuts to her face, arms, legs. A piece flew towards her eye. It hit her glasses. That stopped her. The glasses. Metal frames. She'd forgotten her glasses. She couldn't see a bloody thing without them. Well, she could see something, blurred outlines. She could see enough to know where the car ended. They would have to go, but not yet. Dottie used her discarded skirt to brush the glass off the dash. Sweeping the skirt in front of her, she crawled up to the dash and out onto the bonnet. She was out of the car. She took off her glasses. All she had to do now was jump. She couldn't do it. Come on, Dave, you can see I can make it. Turn off the power and we can get some dinner, Dottie said. She was too tired to yell. Scared, babe? Just because you can't see? Afraid of the bogeyman in the blur? Dave knew her fear of moving without her glasses. Look at me, Dottie thought as she spoke. This whole game was up once I did anything other than get out of the car. How are you going to explain these cuts? How are you going to let them think I had a simple heart attack when the car is smashed? Didn't think of that, did you, smartass? Ah, no, no, no need for language. Dave didn't seem worried. Dottie wondered what else he had planned. 
Maybe he just didn't care. He might hate her enough, just, just want her dead. His calm infuriated her. To calm herself, she took deep breaths. That's the way, babe, Dave encouraged her. I know you can do it. Dottie tried to ignore him. She cleared her mind of all thought. Slowly she straightened and stood, balancing against the disorientation brought on by blurred vision. One last breath and she leapt. She landed with a crunch. The pain in her ankle proved she was still alive. Relief and pain overcame her. Suddenly all she wanted to do was curl up and go to sleep right there. She could deal with everything else after she had a sleep. Well done, babe. Dave was looking down at her. Just go away. I won, so leave me alone. You haven't won, babe, Dave said softly. I'm here, aren't I? So I won. Or have you changed the rules again? Dottie didn't care at this stage. Ah, just perfecting the system, babe. Ironing out the rough edges before the main game. The end. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love your feedback. Subscribe for free to Scarlet Stiletto Bites wherever you get podcasts. And do visit our website, sistersincrime.org.au.